Welcome to Myths, Legends, Folklore, and Tall Tales, the podcast that's hit and myth. I am your host, Lancelot Chaubert. Today we're cross-casting with the best scary stories uh, for Halloween, as well as the best Christmas stories to draw in as many of you as possible to Myths, Legends, Folklore, and Tall Tales. Uh, we're, We're on iTunes, we're uh, uh, on Android, we're on the kind of open source platforms, you can find us anywhere. Uh, today we're going to kick off this podcast, uh, which is basically going to be reading the myths and legends and folklore and the tall tales of the world, uh, with maybe a little bit of commentary. Um, today we're going to kick it off with Koshai the Deathless, a story from uh, kind of from Fraser's point of view, and then from Andrew Lang's uh, Red Book of Fairy Tales. I'm doing this because we're we're reading through very very slowly uh, the name of the wind, and uh, I think Koshai the Deathless has a, has has something to say to that story and to readers of that story. So I wanted to give us a sampling of it. So we're going to start first with Fraser's. It comes from Fraser's book, uh, The Golden Bough. Uh, his version is a really simple version, um, but it's it, it's about the idea of burying your death. Uh, so here's here's Fraser's version of Koshai the Deathless. A Russian story tells how a war, warlock called Koshai or Koshai the Deathless carried off a princess and kept her prisoner in his golden castle. However, a prince made up to her one day as she was walking alone in discons- uh, disconsolate the castle garden. And cheered by the prospect of escaping with him, she went to the warlock and coaxed him with false and flattering words, saying, My dearest friend, tell me, I pray you, will you never die? Certainly not, says he. Well, she says, and where is your death? Is it in your dwelling? To be sure, it is says he. It is in the broom under the threshold. Thereupon the princess seized the broom and threw it on the fire, but although the broom burned, the deathless Koshai remained alive, and indeed not so much as a hair of him was singed. Balked in her first attempt, the artful hussy pouted and said, You do not love me! You do not love me true, for you have not told me where your death is, and yet I am not angry, but love you with all my heart. With these fawning words. She besought the warlock to tell her truly where his death was, so he laughed and said, Why do you wish to know? Well, then out of love I will tell you where it lies. In a certain field there stands three green oaks, and under the roots of the largest oak is a worm, and if this worm is found and crushed that instant, I shall die. When the princess heard these words, she went straight to her lover and told him all, and he searched till he found the oaks and dug up the worm and crushed it. Then he hurried to the warlock's castle, but only to learn from the princess that the warlock was still alive. Then she fell to wheedling and coaxing Koshai once more, and this time, overcame by her wiles, he opened his heart to her and told her the truth. My death, says he, is far from here and hard to find. On the wide ocean, in that sea is an island, and on the island there grows a green oak, and beneath the oak is an iron chest, and in the chest is a small basket, and in the basket there is a hare, and in the hare is a duck, and in the duck is an egg, and he who finds the egg and breaks it kills me at the same time. 
The prince naturally procured the fateful egg, and with it in his hands he confronted the deathless warlock. The monster would have killed him, but the prince began to squeeze the egg. At that the warlock shrieked with pain and turned to the false princess who stood by smirking and smiling. Was it not out of love for you, said he, that I told you where my death was, and is this the return you make to me? With that he grabbed at his sword, which hung from a peg on the wall, but before he could reach it the prince had crushed the egg, and sure enough, the deathless warlock found his death at the same moment. In one of the descriptions of Koshai's death he is said to be killed by a blow in the forehead inflicted by the mysterious egg, that last link in the magic chain by which his life is darkly bound. And in another version of the same story, but told of a snake, the fatal blow is struck by a small stone found on the yolk of an egg, which is inside a duck, which is inside a hare, which is inside a stone, and which is on an island. Um, Fraser goes on to talk about different s sorts of external souls, you know, like Samson's hair and things of this nature, where people's um, people's life force is bound up sympathetically with with other things. Um, for uh, Andrew Lang, he, he uh, has a different version called The Death of Koshai, or Koshay, um, The Deathless. I'm going to get a sip of something real quick, one second. I should mention, on all these podcasts, these are cold readings, so we're, there's not like multiple takes. All right, there's not, a, there's not editing. I throw on some music at the front and end, and that's pretty much it. So, um, so yeah, so... It's kind of fun for me that way. I like it. It's a little more on the fly. So the death of Koshai the Deathless. Here we go. In a certain kingdom, there lived a Prince Ivan. He had three sisters. The first was Princess Maria, the second Princess Olga, and the third Princess Anna. When the father and mother lay at the point of death, they had thus enjoined their son, Give your sisters in marriage to the very first suitors who come to woo them. Don't go keeping them by you. They died. That's the Russians for you. There's not really <laughs> beating around the bush. They died. And the prince buried them. And then, to Solace's grief, he went with his sisters into the garden, green, to stroll. And suddenly the sky was covered by a black cloud. A terrible storm arose. Let's go home, sisters, he cried. Hardly had they gotten to the palace when the thunder pealed, the ceiling split open, and into the room where they were came flying a falcon bright. The falcon smote upon the crowd, became a brave youth, and said, Hail, Prince Ivan! Before I came as a guest, but now I have come as a wooer. I wish to propose for your sister, the princess, Maria. If you wish to find favor in the eyes of my sister, I will not interfere with her wishes. Let her marry you in God's name. The princess Maria gave her consent, the falcon married her, and bore her away into his own realm. These girls must be New Yorkers, they're impulsive with their lovers. Days follow days, hours chase hours, a whole year goes by. One day, Prince Ivan and his two sisters went out to stroll in the garden green. Again there arose a storm cloud with whirlwind and lightning. Let us go home, sisters, cries the prince. Scarcely had they entered the palace when the thunder crashed, the roof burst into a blaze, the ceiling split in twain, and in flew an eagle. The eagle smote upon the ground and became a brave youth. Hail, Prince Ivan! Before I came as a guest, but now I have come 
as a wooer. When he asked for the hand of Princess Olga, Prince Ivan replied, If you find favor in the eyes of Princess Olga, then let her marry you. I will not interfere with her liberty of choice. Princess Olga gave her consent and married the eagle. The eagle took her and carried her off to his own kingdom. Another year went by. Prince Ivan said to his youngest sister, Let us go out and stroll in the garden green. They strolled about for a time. Again there arose a storm cloud with whirlwind and lightning. Let us return home, sister, he said. They returned home, but hadn't had time to sit down when the thunder crashed, the ceiling split open, and in flew a raven. The raven smote upon the floor and became a brave youth. The former youths had been handsome, but this one was handsomer still. Well, Prince Ivan, before I came as a guest, but now I've come as a wooer, give me Princess Anna to wife. I won't interfere with my sister's freedom. If you gain her affections, let her marry you. So the Princess Anna married the raven, and he bore away into his own realm, and Prince Ivan was left alone. A whole year he lived without his sisters. Then he grew weary and said, I will set out in search of them. He got ready for a journey. He rode and rode, and one day he saw a whole army lying dead on the plain. He cried aloud, If there be a living man here, let him make answer. Who has slain this mighty host? They replied unto him, A living man. All this mighty host has been slain by the fair princess Maria Morevna. Prince Ivan rode further on, and came to a white tent, and forth came to meet him the fair princess Maria Morevna. Hail, prince, says she. Whether does God send you, and is it of your free will or against your will? Prince Ivan replied, Not against their will do brave youths ride. Well, if your business be not pressing, tarry a while in my tent. Thereat was Prince Ivan glad. He spent two nights in the tent and found favor in the eyes of Maria Morevna, and she married him. The fair princess Maria Morevna carried him off into her own realm. They spent some time together, and then the princess took it into her head to go a-warring. She handed over all the housekeeping affairs to Prince Ivan and gave him these instructions. Go about everywhere. Keep watch over everything. Only do not venture out to look into that closet there. Well, he couldn't help doing so. The moment Maria Marevna had gone, she or he rushed to the closet, pulled open the door, and looked in. There hung Koshai the Deathless, fettered by twelve chains. Then Koshai entreated Prince Ivan, saying, Have pity on me and give me to drink. Ten years long have I been here in torment, neither eating nor drinking. My throat is utterly dried up. The prince gave him a bucket full of water. He drank about up and asked for more, saying, A single bucket of water will not quench my thirst. Give me more. The prince gave him a second bucketful. Koshai drank it up and asked for a third, and when he had swallowed the third bucketful, he regained his former strength and gave his chains a shake and broke all twelve at once. Thanks, Prince Ivan, said Koshai the Deathless. Now you will sooner see your own ears than Maria Morevna and out of the window he flew in the shape of a terrible whirlwind. And he came up with the fair Princess Maria Morevna as she was going 
her way, laid hold of her, and carried her off with him. But Prince Ivan wept full sore, and he arrayed himself and set out a wondering, saying to himself, Whatever happens, I will go and look for Maria Morevna. One day passed, another day passed, and at the dawn of the third day he saw a wondrous place, and by the side of the palace, I'm sorry, a wondrous palace, and by the side of the palace stood an oak, and on the oak sat a falcon bright. Down flew the falcon from the oak, smote upon the ground, turned into a brave youth, and cried aloud, Ha! Dear brother-in-law, how deals the Lord with you? Out came running the princess Maria, joyfully greeting or greeted her brother Ivan, and began inquiring after his health, and telling him all about herself. The prince spent three days with them, and then said, I cannot abide with you. I must go in search of my wife, the fair Princess Maria Morevna. Hard will it be for you to find her, answered the falcon. At all events, leave with us your silver spoon. We will look at it and remember you. So Prince Ivan left his silver spoon at the falcons, and went on his way again. On he went one day, on he went another day, and by the dawn of the third day he saw a palace still grander than the former one, and hard by the palace stood an oak, and on the oak sat an eagle, and down flew the eagle from the oak, smote upon the ground, turned into a brave youth, and cried aloud, Rise up, Princess Olga, hither comes our brother dear. Princess Olga immediately ran to meet him and began kissing him and embracing him, after, uh, asking after his health, and telling him all about herself. And when the prince are with them, Prince Ivan stopped three days, and then he said, I, I can't stay here any longer. I am going to look for my wife, the fair princess, Mara, Maria Morevna. Hard will it be for you to find her, replied the eagle. Leave with us a silver fork. We will look at it and remember you. He left a silver fork behind, and Went his way, he traveled one day, he traveled two days, and at daybreak on the third day he saw a palace grander than the first two, and near the palace stood an oak, and on the oak sat a raven, and down flew the raven from the oak, smote upon the ground, turned into a brave youth, and cried aloud, Princess Anya, come forth quickly, our brother is coming. Out ran Princess Anya greeted him joyfully, and began kissing and embracing him, asking after his health and telling him all about herself. And Prince Ivan stayed with him three days, and then he said, Farewell. I am going to look for my wife, the fair princess Maria Morevna. Hard will it be for you to find her, replied the raven. Anyhow, leave your silver snuff-box with us. We will look at it and remember you. I would say it's easier to remember snuff than the other two, but the prince handed over his silver snuff box, took his leave, and went his way. One day he went, another day he went, and on the third day he came to where Maria Morevna was. She caught sight of her love, flung her arms around his neck, burst into tears, and exclaimed, Oh, Prince Ivan, why did you disobey me and go looking into the closet, letting out Koshai the deathless? Forgive me, Maria Morevna. Remember not the past? Much better fly with me while Koshai the Deathless is out of sight. Perhaps he won't catch us. So they got ready, and they fled. Now Koshai was out a-hunting. Towards the evening he was returning home when his good steed stumbled beneath him. Why stumblest thou, sorry jade? Sintest thou some ill? The steed replied, Prince Ivan has come and carried off Maria Morevna. 
Is it possible to catch them? It's possible to sow wheat, to wait till it grows up, to reap it and thresh it, to grind it to flour, to make five pies of it, to eat those pies, and then to start in pursuit. And even then, to be in time. Koshai galloped off and caught Prince Ivan. Now, says he, this time I will forgive you. In return for your kindness in giving me water to drink, and a second time, I will forgive you, but the third time beware. I will cut you to bits. Then he took Marya Maredna from him and carried her off, but Prince Ivan sat down on a stone and burst into tears. He wept and wept, and then he returned back again to Marya Maredna. Now Koshai the Deathless happened to not be at home. Let us fly, <laughs> Marya Maredna. Ah, Prince Ivan, he will catch us. Suppose he does catch us. At all events, we shall have spent an hour or two together. So they got ready and fled. As Koshai the Deathless was returning home, his good steed stumbled beneath him. Why stumblest thou, sorry jade? Sintest thou some ill? Prince Ivan has come and carried off Maria Morevna. Is it possible to catch them? It is possible to sow barley, to wait till it grows up, to reap it and thresh it, to brew beer, to drink ourselves drunk on it, to sleep our fill, and then set off in pursuit, and yet be in time. Koshai galloped off, caught up Prince Ivan. Didn't I tell you that you should not see Maria Morevna any more than your own ears? And he took her away and carried her off home with him. Prince Ivan was left alone. He wept and wept. Then he went back again after Maria Morevna. Koshai happened to be away from home at that moment. Let us fly, Maria Morevna. Ah, Prince Ivan, he is sure to catch us and hew you in pieces. Let him hew away. I cannot live without you. Koshai the Deathless was returning home when his good steed stumbled beneath him. Why stumblest thou? Sentest thou any ill? Prince Ivan has come and carried off Maria Morevna. Koshai galloped off, caught Prince Ivan, chopped him into little pieces, and then put him in a barrel, smeared it with pitch, bound it with iron hoops, and flung it into the blue sea. But Maria Morevna he carried home. At that very time, the silver articles turned black, which Prince Ivan had left with his brothers-in-law. Ah, said they, the evil is accomplished, sure enough. Then the eagle hurried to the blue sea, caught hold of the barrel, and dragged it ashore. The falcon flew away for the water of life and the raven for the water of death. Afterwards, all three met, broke open the barrel, took out the remains of Prince Ivan, washed them, put them together in fitting order. The raven sprinkled over them the water of death, and the pieces joined together. The body became whole. Then the falcon sprinkled it with the water of life. Prince Ivan shuddered, stood up, and said, Ah, what a time I've been sleeping. He'd have gone on sleeping a good deal longer if it hadn't been for us, replied his brothers-in-law. Now come and pay us a visit. Not so, brothers. I shall go and look for Maria Morevna. And when he had found her, he said to her, Find out from Koshai the Deathless whence he got so good a steed. So Maria Morevna chose a favorable moment and began asking Koshai about it. Koshai replied, Beyond thrice nine lands and the thirteenth kingdom on the other side of the fiery river there rise, or there, there lives a Baba Yaga. She has a good mare, 
that she flies right around the world on it every day. And she has many other splendid mares. I watched her herds for three days without losing a single mare, and in return for that, the Baba Yaga gave me a foal. But how did you get across the fairy river? Or the fiery river, sorry. Why, I have a handkerchief of this kind. When I wave it thrice on the right hand, there springs up a very lofty bridge, and the fire cannot reach it. Maria Morevna listened to all this and repeated it to Prince Ivan, and she carried off the handkerchief and gave it to him. So he managed to get across the fiery river, and then he went on to Baba Yaga's. Long he went on without getting anything either to eat or drink, and at last he came across the outlandish, outlandish bird and its young ones. Says Prince Ivan, I'll eat one of these chickens. Don't eat it, Prince Ivan, begs the outlandish bird. Some time or other I'll, I'll do you a good turn. He went on further and saw a hive of bees in the first. I'll get a bit of honeycomb, says he. Don't disturb my honey, Prince Ivan, exclaimed the queen bee. Some time or other I'll do you a good turn. So he didn't disturb it, but went on. Presently, there met him a lioness with her cub. Anyhow, I'll eat this lion cub, he said. I'm hungry. I feel quite unwell. Please let us alone, Prince Ivan, begs the lioness. Sometime or other, I'll do you a good turn. Very well, have it your own way, he said. Hungry and faint, he wandered on, walked farther and further, and at last, he came to where stood the house of Baba Yaga. Round the house were set twelve poles in a circle, and on each of the eleven poles was stuck a human head. The twelfth alone remained unoccupied. Hail, Granny! Hail, Prince Ivan! Wherefore have you come? Is it of your own accord or on compulsion? I have come to earn from you a heroic steed. So be it, Prince! You won't have to serve a year with me, but just three days. If you take good care of my mares, I'll give you a heroic steed. But if you don't, why, then you mustn't be annoyed at finding your head stuck on top of the last pole up there. Prince Ivan agreed to these terms. The Baba Yaga gave him food and drink and bade him set about his business. But the moment he had driven the mares afield, they cooked up their tails, and away they tore across the meadows in all directions. Before the prince had time to look round, they were all out of sight. Thereupon he began to weep and disquiet himself, and then he sat down upon a stone and went to sleep. But when the sun was near its setting, the outlandish bird came flying up to him and awakened him, saying, Arise, Prince Ivan, the mares are at home now. The prince arose and returned home. There the Baba Yaga was storming and raging at her mares and shrieking, Whatever did you come home for? How could we help coming home? said they. There came flying birds from every part of the world and all but pecked our eyes out. Well, well, tomorrow don't go galloping over the meadows, but disperse amid thick forests. Prince Ivan slept all night. In the morning Baba Yaga says to him, Mine, Prince, if you don't take care of the mares really well, if you lose merely one of them, your bold head will be stuck on that pole. He drove the mares afield. Immediately they cocked up their tails and disappeared among the thick forests. Again the Prince sit down on the stone and weep and weep, and then he went to sleep. The sun rose, 
and then it went down behind the forest. Up came running the lioness. Rise, Prince Ivan, the mares are all collected. Prince Ivan arose and went home. More than ever did the Baba Yaga storm at her mares and shriek, Whatever did you come back home for? How could we help coming back? Beasts of prey came running at us from all parts of the world and all but tore us utterly to pieces. While tomorrow run off into the blue sea. Again did Prince Ivan sleep through the night. Next morning, the Baba Yaga sent him forth to watch the mares. If you don't take good care of them, says she, your bold head will be stuck on that pole. He drove the mares afield. Immediately they cocked up their tails, disappeared from sight, and fled into the blue sea. There they stood, up to their necks in water. Prince Ivan sat down on the stone, wept, fell asleep. But when the sun had set behind the forest, up came flying a bee and said, Arise, prince, the mares are all collected. But when you get home, don't let the Baba Yaga set eyes on you, but go into the stable and hide behind the mangers. There you will find a sorry colt rolling in the muck. Do you steal it? And at the dead of night, ride away from the house. Prince Ivan arose, slipped into the stable, and lay down behind the mangers, while Baba Yaga was uh, storming away at her mares and shrieking, Why did you come back? How could we help coming back? There came flying bees in countless numbers from all parts of the world and began stinging us on all sides till blood came. The Baba Yaga went to sleep. In the dead of night, Prince Ivan stole the sorry colt, saddled it, jumped on its back, and galloped away into the fiery river. When he came to that river, he waved the handkerchief three times on the right hand, and suddenly springing goodness knows where. There hung across the river, high into the air, a splendid bridge. The prince rode across the bridge and waved the handkerchief twice on his left hand, and there remained across the river a thin, ever so thin, a bridge. When Baba Yaga got up in the morning, the sorry colt was not to be seen. Off she set in pursuit. At full speed did she fly in her iron mortar, urging it with her pestle, sweeping away her traces with the broom. She dashed up to the fiery river, gave a glance, and said, A capital bridge! She drove on to the bridge, but had only got halfway when the bridge broke in two, and the Baba Yaga went flop into the river. There truly did she meet with a cruel death. Prince Ivan fattened up the colt in the green meadows, and it turned into a wondrous steed, and then he rode to where Maria Morevna was. She came out running flung herself on his neck, crying, By what means has God brought you back to life? Oh, so-and-so, he said. Now come along with me. <laughs> That's what it says. Thus and thus, says he. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. Come on. I am afraid, Prince Ivan, if Koshai catches us, will you be cut to pieces again? Nah, he won't catch us. I have a splendid heroic steed now. It flies just like a bird. So they got on its back and rode away. Koshai the Deathless was returning home when his horse stumbled beneath him. What art thou stumbling for, sorry jade? Dost thou scent any ill? Prince Ivan has come and carried off Maria Morevna. Can we catch them? God knows. Prince Ivan has a horse now which is better than I. Well, I can't stand it, said Koshai the Deathless. I will pursue. After a time, he came up with Prince Ivan, lighted on the ground, and was going to chop him up with his sharp sword, but at that moment Prince Ivan's horse smote Koshai the Deathless full swing with its hoof and cracked his skull, and the prince made an end of him with a club. Afterwards the prince heaped up a pile of wood, set fire to it, burnt Koshai the Deathless on the pyre, and scattered his ashes to the wind.
And then Marya Marebna mounted Koshai's horse, and Prince Ivan got on his own, and they rode away to visit first the raven, and then the eagle, and then the falcon. And wherever they went, they met with a joyful greeting. Ah, Prince Ivan, why, we never expected to see you again. Well, it wasn't for nothing that you gave yourself so much trouble. Such a beauty as Maria Morevna one might search for all the world over and never find a one like her. And so they visited, and they feasted, and afterwards they went off into their own realm, roused. That is both versions of uh, Koshai the Deathless, first by Fraser and then by Andrew Lang. If you'd like to uh, see how myths saved me from uh, suicide, how they actually save me in the middle of high school, you can go uh, to the to the just follow the website back uh, to lancelot.nyc and you can download the story behind uh, how myths saved me. The music from this podcast was provided um, by my forthcoming album All Who Wonder. It was produced by Robbie Klein here in New York City and we'll have more fairy stories, uh, more folklore, more legends, more myths, tall tales coming up very, very soon. Thanks for tuning in for this Hit and Myth podcast.